You're listening to Good Lad Unscripted with your host. <laughs> I always laugh at that intro with Anna. It's just so funny. Welcome back to uh, Good Light Unscripted, the podcast. want to open up, first of all, because I always forget. Uh, today's show is brought to you by blackbean.coffee. That's the website, blackbean.coffee. Amazing coffee. Try the Costa Rican. It's my favorite. Um, Elaine, my co-host slash guest today, is guzzling her last few drops now. Also, silverbulletantiaging.com. Um, most of my listeners are over 35, um, seriously look into hormone replacement therapy. We've talked about it a lot before. I know you're a patient, Elaine, I'm a patient, Anna's a patient, and it's a game changer for, we couldn't do all the stuff we it do in a, in a day. It is literally life. Okay. <laughs> we couldn't do half of the stuff we do without. Life after 50, life after 45, yeah. it's all about keeping yeah. your hormones straight. I mean, for you and I, that could be a whole show for you because I know what you've gone through uh, with that Actually, and how much you're absolutely working right. with Susie at uh, Silver Bullet and the aging has just really changed your life, but mm-hmm. we'll, we'll save that one for another day. We've got a really, I think, interesting show plan. Eye opening, yeah. So, uh, blackbean.coffee and silverbulletantiaging.com. Today, we just had well, here, here, here's the chain of events. I had a couple conversations in the last week, one with uh, it was a, a Rick Delotter. Rick was a, a guest on our show, and he was talking about uh, legacy, and he's got this very purposeful project. Now he's in his uh, mid 60s. He's 65. He's uh, four years older than me. Um, but he's he's talking about his legacy and all the things that he's done. And uh, he served our country for over 40 years uh, in some very, very sensitive areas in the military and then as a contractor, um, but in some very sensitive areas. And I mean, you know, and I, and I want to have a follow-up show with him, actually, because the question burning in my mind is, how do you tell some of those stories? Because they're highly classified stories. They just they, This is a guy that probably the lion's share of his life, the activities that he's been involved in, and the places that he's done them, uh, no one can ever know. They call that the hidden legacy. <laughs> right. But, but uh, you know, he talked about a legacy that he wants to pass on to his children, and it really got me thinking... And then I had another conversation this week that brought it a little closer to home, and it was with this tremendous young woman that uh, very, very driven, very intelligent, very successful, and uh, and she's a new IFBB pro. Um, and so, of course, you're a former IFBB pro. Mm-hmm. I think you're IFBB pro for life, right? But anyway, I'm a lifer. you're a lifer. But uh uh, you know, I was talking about you and I was talking about Monica Brandt and she really didn't have a, a recollection of either. And I'm thinking, my gosh, like Monica Brandt is like the Tiger Woods or, mm-hmm. or, or the Michael Jordan, you know. She was uh, very influential in Oh my, my God, for like 20 years, she was at fitness. the top of the sport. Mm-hmm. You know, she was influential to both your career and mine. And of course, you are a historic figure in the sport. You were the very, very first uh, IFBB pro to step foot on a pro stage, the Arnold Classic in 2002? Three. Three. Uh, you were competitor number one. So you were the very first IFBB pro to step on stage. And of course, you became an icon in the sport uh, as an athlete and a model. And uh, and yet, you know, there's no recollection. And, and, and the, the, well, the interesting part was I was talking to her and she had directed me to another podcast and it was a fascinating podcast and this girl uh, that does these podcasts you know they're it's all about bikini pros and and ifpb pros and and uh so i listened to the podcast this 
woman was on and then i listened to a couple others and <laughs> and the crazy part is like okay i've been out of that sport for probably almost a decade now right uh you're still there uh doing makeup now you've graduated on and you've got a makeup company and you you and your team do makeup at shows but the the conversation hasn't changed from when we were there you know whatever 2003 you know the early 2000s that's almost 20 years ago and the problems are the same the 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 epiphanies are you know they're learning them now and going like wow they really just discovered something i'm going no we were talking about this 20 years ago you know nothing has changed and and, and what i realize is it's a sport where you know you're really self-focused right you know this i know this we've been a part of that for many many decades and uh you're so self-focused that nobody really has a sense of history very few people have a sense of history uh and the problem in not understanding history is that uh, history is destined always to repeat itself we know that but without understanding history we never learn from the mistakes that others made and we never take the lessons that they learned and put that as our starting point so that we can have a more productive life than those and that came before that us. Along. Mm -hmm. Bingo. And so then I got thinking about my kids. And, uh, you know, I, I just boomed through life here. We're very, very busy. I don't feel 61. But, you know, I'm at that age now where a guy needs to have a will. You know, you need <laughs> to think about your, you need to think about your legacy. And, and again, you know, talking with Rick, he's saying it's not a narcissistic thing. It's not a like, hey, let me tell you, let me tell you all about me. It's not that. What it is is your history, the things you went through, the lessons that you learned, uh, the things that you discovered, the events that you went through, all of these things, and share your take on those things, what you learned from them, so that the generation that comes after you you know they can benefit from all of that knowledge and i look back and i think okay the things that i would share with my kids are not just my life it's my mother's life my grandmother's life her mother and father's life like all of those stories that i know there's a whole legacy of generations there uh you know i can go back to stories my grandmother told me when her parents settled the land you know they were settlers in canada you know and they bought a parcel of land for a buck from the government uh, and so i can share those stories with my kids now and then they j gain the benefit from that and, and so i wanted to talk to you about that because i know uh you know where you and i come from we come from saskatchewan in canada it's small farming communities and we grew up in a very very different way we'll call it a culture than the one we live in now yet those that know us uh know who we are but they you know we live in las vegas right <laughs> which is yeah a, a far stretch from saskatchewan so i wanted to talk to you about about your legacy and and of course in your situation you don't have children that was by choice i want to talk about that but i want to talk about your legacy and uh the benefit my kids have is that they have auntie in their life virtually every day you see them every day unless you're traveling and and that legacy and what that legacy means to you and so i mean we've talked about it before but what does your legacy mean to you like okay so that that's the the whole thing about a legacy you know you talk about your grandmother my grandparents 
who were older than your grandparents and uh, they settled here, you know, from, I believe they came from Norway mm-hmm. and, and settled on this cold, my, hard My land. grandfather was Norwegian, your dad right. was Norwegian, right? Right. So we so both we, have those yeah, these Norwegian families and they came literally to buy this parcel of land, uh, a dollar an acre and, and, you know, obviously you take up farming and this kind of thing. But it's not even just what they did, you know, to farm the land. It's, it's, who they were and how this legacy becomes important where we feel, okay, what am I actually passing on? Because we know what we received from them. And it was the biggest gift you could ever have is the positive things that I've taken from my childhood were the legacy that my grandparents left to my parents and, and, and that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. just, you know, work ethic, it's the foundation the to our value family. system, it's, isn't it's it? It's an entire foundation to your value system. So, and, and we find that, and I'm not trying to be critical of new generations, but we find that the newer generations, they lose, they lose the essence of how important it is to leave their own legacy. Because when do you wake up in your life and decide, oh my gosh, what kind of legacy am I leaving? Like I know what my grandparents left. I know what my parents left. I know what I, I got from them. I know what I learned from them and what I want to pass on. But what about me? What what of my life's experience becomes my legacy to pass on to those, to the younger generation? And my argument is this, is, is you know, every generation wants it wants their kids to have it better than they did. But you get to this point where you get so far removed from the, what I would call the realities of life. You know, if, if I took my kids at five, four and two, and I took them out into the wilderness and I said, okay, we're going to survive out here. We've got an ax. We've got some wheat or not wheat. We've got some flour, sugar and some fat. Uh, and we've got a gun. And we've got 10 rounds. That that's sounds it. absolutely ridiculous, doesn't and it? We, and we, well, we would be locked up, right? Right. <laughs> but that's what my grandparents did. You know, when, when my great-grandparents settled the land, they came out, they came on a train. They couldn't carry very much. They had very little. They got out there and basically they rode a buckboard for a day to get out to their plot of land. They get out there and it's just wilderness, and they have to find shelter, they have to find food, they have to find all of those things. And, and so there's a whole different scale of life there. Entirely different. And, and so now, you know, like, like I say, if we did that with our kids, people would say we're crazy, we'd probably have them taken away. But that's a reality. That, that's, those are the values. We didn't grow up in that situation, but we were only, I'm only two generations removed from that. You know what I mean? And my kids will never know what that's like. And so, and so how can they possibly have the same value system unless you, unless you share you have, some of that experience? You have to share as much as you can, but they have to live some of it to understand the legacy. And that's the problem. That's the problem with the, the generation that raised these new generations because mm-hmm. they wanted so badly for them to have it easier that they forgot to give them a little bit of hard time to learn something. And that's, that's, I mean, I know I have so many people in my life, whether somebody I dated or somebody just that I know, and I see how they have these regrets of what they didn't pass on to their children because they were so busy giving them the good life. Their children mm-hmm. have zero, and I'm talking they're grown, they're, their children are grown now. They have zero um, respect for 
what they have and how to earn what they have because they've never earned what they have. Right. And so there's a lot about like, okay, back when our parents, grandparents rather, farmed that land, mm-hmm. they didn't have electricity. So what did they do? They learned how to can food. They put the food in jars and they put a layer of lard and then they buried it in the ground. If you try to tell, like, I will, ne- I will never know what that was like mm-hmm. personally, but do I think about that? Yes, I do. I think about how, how, our ancestors made a way. They pay. They paved a way. They were. They were pioneers in in so many senses of that word. And so when I take what I learned from them, because I respected mm-hmm. them, and I think that if we don't command some sort of respect from our children, who are mm-hmm. going to then take on our legacy. Uh, are we going to just hand our kids money every time they ask? No, we are not. Well, and this is, this is, you make a very good point because, uh, without having that experience, you can read about it, but it's, it's like an analogy. You know, I, I've got a vlog on YouTube and my kids, when they see me on TV, I'm just dad until they see me on TV you know, watching YouTube and then all of a sudden dad's like a big celebrity. You know, you know, you know what I mean? It's so funny. There's that odd phenomenon where there's a, a detachment of from reality, uh, experiencing something in a book or a video or hearing something and actually doing it. You see what I mean? Uh, that, that thing that you see on, on something, it, it's, it's entertainment. It's manufactured entertainment. Like they watch the Disney channel, right? Uh, there's no sense of what that actually smells like, tastes like, feels like there's a disconnection there until you actually go and do that thing. So you can read as many books, uh, as you want about camping or survival. And it's a whole lot different thing being out there in the middle of winter at 40 below actually surviving and camping in, in the winter. Right. You see what I mean? And that's or, the thing. or working on a field. We can talk. I can write all day long and talk all day long about what it's like to, to be a farmer. Mm-hmm. But you and I know firsthand what that's like. Yeah. I mean, I, I had to learn how to drive a tractor when I was about 12 because my dad would need me to go plow up a slough so that they could cultivate that land. Well, at the time, and yeah, why, why of, would he let his kid do that? Right. Well, because he's got a million other things he's right. got to do he before needed workers before and harvest instead of or hiring before somebody. Or, right, you get your kids to work. Right, and the, and the point I guess is is um, when I was a kid, and I remember back when I was a kid, um, and as I was growing up, I thought it was very unfair that I had to fight so hard to get a new pair of jeans or or. I had to buy my own bike. What? You know, I had to mm-hmm. save my own so money from, from paper routes and babysitting and working in the farm and working in the in our in our yard in, in town, mowing the lawn and raking the leaves and to every little thing that I had to do to earn my money. And then I had to go purchase my own pair of jeans or I bought my own bicycle. Mm-hmm. So part of me can go, oh my gosh, that's so, you know, how could my parents do that to me how could they make me you know but is that not in what made me the person that i am today gave me the work ethic that i have everything that i am and that i have is because i learned those lessons Mm -hmm. why do we try to take that legacy away from our own children because honestly that is the only reason why Mm -hmm. i know the value of a dollar Mm -hmm. why do we why why does this generation why do we take that away from this generation they do not know the value of a dollar. No, there are a lot of people that don't raise their kids. A lot of people. And it's like with our kids. people like we, us from our era. Why are they not getting a clue? But we've gone down that road. Like our kids, you know, they, they want 
uh, okay, they want to watch something on TV. And so we let them watch something on TV. And so now they just, they, they expect, they expect that they don't understand that it costs money for that. It costs money for the TV. It costs money for, you know, they just don't know. And of course their kids, they don't have a concept of that, but then now they need to be entertained with something else. So we just go buy it. If we go out somewhere and I like, Ann and I went to LA last week and you babysat the kids. We did that photo shoot in the video and, and we thought, well, let's stop at the gas station and get something, a little treat for them. So we come in the door and we gave them a little treat and they liked it, but it was almost like they expected it. They were happier to see the treat than they were to see us when we came through the door. And it was just yeah. like, okay, this crap's got to end. Now, contrast that to this morning I was doing some work. I was screen printing Pants for Blessed Body Wear. Uh, you were folding and bagging plants for, uh, Pants for Blessed Body Wear. Anna's working on accounting stuff. I walk through the door uh, <laughs> and I come in and there's four-year-old Emma standing beside Auntie Lane uh, helping fold and bag clothes and putting stickers on the, so the that side she could stickers. earn her allowance. <laughs> right, right. And, and with Cadence, her job was to teach Cole. So she was teaching Cole how to clean up. And she was literally babysitting Cole and she's five years old. Right. But she loved it. Right. And, she, and, 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 and the cool thing is that I've learned instead of just buying them crap, when I give Cole a job, I say, go put this in the trash. He comes back and he's so excited. He's like, accomplished. He, he just feels so good. Katie was so proud because of what she was doing to help out Auntie. And, and, but we, we take for granted that those little tasks to them are an actual job. So they need to well, feel as accomplished as we do all, when we, think, we do oh, a they're job. too young. You know, they shouldn't have to have a job. And so why the heck not? It's purpose. How did we get how we are today right. without jobs? When you're sitting around languishing, I mean, we, we've all gone through quarantine. All of us have had days, I'm sure, where we didn't work or couldn't work. How'd that feel? No, exactly. Right? And that's with the generation today. Some of them live their whole life like that. Well, Everything because is we done think we're doing them. them injustice by asking them to do something. Clean up no. your mess. Put away your stuff. The job isn't about really, especially at the age of four and five, it's not about getting that job done. Although Emma did a really good job. She put all the, all the appropriate <laughs> stick, so size cute. stickers on all of my pants, bags. Yeah. But the point was, is how it made her feel. Right. So if your children do something, they feel accomplished. And then after that, I hand them a few quarters to put in their little piggy bank and they get that the sense starts of, to click and well, that's the, and the other thing that i noticed elaine is you don't have to be bigger than them in order to earn their respect when you do that because they're standing there and you're automatically teaching her how to put the stickers on validating her when she does it right correcting her when she does it wrong and she just takes that position as somebody that's being mentored and so the respect she has for auntie grows exponentially after that. And, and that's the thing. Like I come home and all of my kids are just like, okay, I say, instead of having to argue with them about something or like Emma is at that stage right now where she likes to just go and she'll go take something she shouldn't take and just not tell you and you'll find it in her room. Well, now she's asking. You see what I mean? So instead of running after your kids, trying to discipline them, if you give them a sense of purpose, mm -hmm. what we discovered, uh, and today's a great example, is if you give them a sense of purpose, give them a job, give them a task, mentor them, and then stand there with them and work with them. Give them a job to do. So what I've been doing is if I'm, especially, they like making pancakes. So I let them mix up the batter. They're not allowed anywhere near the stove, but they can mix up the batter, right? And then, of course, they feel accomplished. Well, when they do that, now they can't eat enough pancakes. Before, it was a fight to get them to eat the pancakes, right? 
by making them have age appropriate jobs. Now, what's age appropriate is folding and bagging stuff age appropriate. Well, putting the stickers on is, mm-hmm. you know, closing the bags might have been a little bit too much for her because she got that wrong a few times, but. But giving them responsibilities, there's nothing wrong with that, if, even when they're toddlers. If somebody took that away from me, and I and I have been working at something since I was probably six. I was going to say, how old were you when you did your first job? Moving job. My yeah. dad would have me clean out the moving van. So I was very young, and of course, I wanted him to be proud of me. That was my whole thing. Mm-hmm. I wanted. I was supposed to be a boy, okay? So <laughs> I tried to do as many tasks as I could. You settled for tomboy instead, right? I settled for tomboy. So for me to go out and sweep the van and fold those pads, no, those p- big, mo- dirty moving pads, mm-hmm. I had to find a way to flip those things, shake them out, and then fold them. So with my my height, with my little arms, I just did the best that I could. And then I would tell my dad to come in and he would see this spotless van mm-hmm. all swept out, all the pads were folded. And it wasn't about making him happy. It was about how it made me feel in that accomplishment. So mm-hmm. everything we do in life, there's got to be a sense of accomplishment for us to ever want to do it again. And to this People day, you don't have that work. same work oh, yeah, ethic. Exactly. I have the same work ethic literally yeah. since I was six years old. Mm-hmm. So think about that. Why are we taking that away from our children? Why are we taking away the accomplishment of little Emma mm-hmm. putting stickers on pants when and I got the sense with Emma prior to doing these little jobs, she doesn't know what her place is sometimes. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't feel like she, you know, Katie's the oldest, she's the middle she's child. She's the middle child, yeah. And I know what the middle child is. You're the feels middle like. child, yeah. All right. So just to, I, I just looked at her and I said, Emma, you are doing such a good job. And we high fived and her face just lit up. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, how could we ever take this away from a child? Mm-hmm. And I know, like I said, I know people very close to me who have adult children who don't have that sense of accomplishment. And now, is it too late? Probably because your work ethic is is something that has grown along the way. And, and I just, I don't get why people want to take that away from people because I think what you're taking away is you're legacy. taking away self-esteem. You're taking away confidence. Everything. You know, confidence, how do you get confident about anything? If you go like basic training in the military, what's it meant to do? Mm-hmm. It's meant to make you confident. It's meant to give you a new different value system. And how they do it is they make you tired. They confuse you. They work the bag off you. They don't give you a, an out if you're told to do something you just do it if you're told to do it this way you just do it that one way everybody wears the same clothes there's no individuals here mm-hmm. you know you become an individual later on through achievement but it's the same thing as that's a reality of any job if you get a job of consequence you know there's a if you're packing orders for blessed body wear you're standing there and there's a way to do it and so you teach them, here's how you do it. And if you screw up, you're in trouble. But if you do it this way, you won't screw up. So just do it this way. And and it goes into a uniform package in a uniform way. And you know what I mean? And, and you the- can lovingly teach people that. You know? Yes. I remember I have a crazy, I had a crazy uncle. He since passed away. Crazy uncle. You know him, Uncle yeah, Norman. And Norman was I'm awesome. sure he had a grade three or four education, but he was an inventor. Yeah. And he was very, he had a brilliant mind. He and invented he just, the 90 degree hoist. The 90 degree hoist on a box <laughs> truck. And because he didn't know how to patent a, a, an he invention, he actually lost it to Strongbox. Yeah. But anyway, long story short, he had a crazy mind. And we, we always just thought of him as crazy Uncle Norman. But I was very young. Uh, I don't even believe I was, I was probably around 20. 
and he was we were driving because I, I actually had a car accident and he came and rescued me and we were he was going to come with me to the with a lawyer he was going to yeah. be my lawyer yeah, yeah. To, to plead that you know the accident wasn't my fault or whatever the case but we were talking about kids and he said you know what he said kids love discipline they do and when it, when he was saying that, I'm like, nobody likes discipline. What are you even talking well, about? Well, we think of discipline as beating your kids. Yeah, right? no, that's not discipline. That's not discipline. What he like? He said he said they want structure. They are only happy mm-hmm. and content when they have structure and discipline because without structure, it's it's kind of like your even your mind goes on a free for all. Like you don't you don't know where your boundaries are. Mm-hmm. You have to have structure, discipline, and boundaries. And I learned what that meant and. In essence, his legacy, you know, was was imparted on me, and I'm very grateful that I picked up certain. You know, we don't we don't listen to everything our elders say as we're growing up, but we do pick up certain things. And I always always will be grateful for the legacy of hard work and work ethic that I learned from my parents and my uncle, and and you know, discipline, work at just everything that came along with their legacy is something that made me who I am, and now. Um, I, you know, I have a few children in my life, including yours, um, Auntie Lane, and um, just any young people, even even the legacy that I leave to the young competitors, because I have competitors in my makeup chair every weekend. And every single time, I mean, generally, they're younger than me. There are a lot of master's divisions now that older, older gals. I would say most of them are younger. Most of them are younger. And I get to impart a legacy Mm -hmm of respect discipline hard work anything that made me who i am Mm -hmm. i literally try to pass that on to everybody that i know Mm -hmm. because and i'm not pushing anything on them you just when you're in a conversation with something don't you see the weaknesses don't you see the things that the the empty spaces and the blanks Mm -hmm. and you go okay i think i fill that blank and so you just impart a little wisdom impart a little something and i think there's another side to this and what it is is uh you know, in our culture, and, and I'm contrasting this uh, to Anna's culture. In our culture, you know, when you're a kid, you're supposed to be out the door on your 18th birthday and you're making it on your own, right? Yeah, if you're not out, there's something wrong yeah, with you. Yeah, there's something wrong. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're lazy. You gotta your move Your parents out. are weak and you're lazy, right? <laughs> and uh, and, and in, in her culture, you live at home until you get married. And That's a lot of cultures. You, you, yeah, a lot of cultures are like that. The other thing is, in our culture, when we get older... And that's, I think, pretty much North American. Well, maybe not North American, but Canada and the U.S. for sure. Uh, When you get older, you go to an old folks home. Uh, In in Anna's culture, you don't. The young ones look after the old ones. Uh, Unless there's some medical reason you can't. Uh, and, And the older people are are respected for their wisdom. And if they have advice, you take that advice. What they say carries a great deal of weight in our culture it carries very little weight old people you know i'm learning this now i don't consider myself old but at 61 a lot of other people do and of course oh oh, you're just old like i'm always getting the raspberries from somebody about because i drive slow no i drive the speed limit and the reason i do is because if i'm going over the speed limit and somebody's texting and I hit them and they somebody dies or something like that, I'm going to be in trouble for that and it's going to cost me a lot of money. I'm going to feel horrible because I took a life or, or crippled somebody or something like that. And so I just don't see the point. I'm not in a rush. You know what I mean? I'm going to get there when I get there. I plan accordingly and like that, but, but that makes me old. 
<laughs> no, it just means that I've had a lot of experience and it's not worth it if something goes wrong. That's the difference. So uh, that experience you pass on to everybody. So I pass that on to my life, kids right. while my kids are going to want to go a million miles an hour until probably they have kids and they got kids in the car and then they'll be doing what I do, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so the, the point is of, of saying this is that People that have been around a long time. My grandmother had a grade three education, and you and grandma were very close. Um, uh, she loved you to death. And, and the thing is, she had a grade three education. She was 14, living in an 11 by 11 shack, raising her kids with a straw-filled bed. Okay, oh that's where she came from. And so, you know, we could tell granny stories all day long, uh, you know, the time that she... Oh, I mean, broken hips and broken feet and still goes on and does her own thing. And, you know, just a tough old girl. Right. But she was very, very independent. And so I look at that and uh, and, and then I look at like Anna, the way Anna was raised. Anna was raised very, very differently than you and I were. Uh, she was raised that domestic things were not her responsibility. Um, being successful in school was important. And she was a competitive jumper. She jumped horses. So that was six days a week, I think. Uh, it's like a kid doing gymnastics now. Right. It's like six, seven hours a day, you right. know, six days a week. Well, it's the same thing for her with jumping. And she was a world-class jumper. And so those two things were really where the focus was. It wasn't on doing laundry or doing dishes because maids did that. Mm -hmm. And and in doing that, and, I, and my thing is, is even if I had maids learning from this experience, because Anna's learning that work ethic that we learned is, I got a, a, a scar in my leg where I burnt myself ironing my clothes when I was two years old. Now, I'm That's not just wrong. I'm not about to do that with coal. But what my point is, is that we worked hard. Our kids are learning how to do dishes. They're learning how to put away their toys, that kind of stuff. That wasn't part of her culture. Mm -hmm. That's beneath them to do that. They mm -hmm. have people to do that, mm -hmm. right? And, and I see nothing wrong with that for her parents because her parents had to clean up their stuff and cook and clean. But the kids were not taught that. Right. And... And so even with our kids, if we ever got to that point, I don't see it happening, but if we got to that point where we had maids, I would still want my kids to learn the value of putting things away, cleaning them, looking after them, you know, valuing things. Taking and people say, well, well, they're just things, you know, like my cars. I like my vehicles to be really, really spotlessly clean. It's like, hey, it's just a car. Who cares? Yes, but how many hours, days, and weeks, and months of my life do I have to take away from my family to work to earn the money to pay for that car. So no, it's not just a thing. It's my life. It's a portion of my life was spent earning the money to get that car. So I'm going to look after that car. So it's important to me that it's clean. My house, my running shoes, whatever it is, we respect these things. And it's not just that. It's it's um and actually this is something I was uh I was in the kitchen and Anna mm -hmm. was in the kitchen. And the house was just a mess. And mm -hmm. she goes, you know what? I can't even concentrate. She goes, I, you can't concentrate and you can't have a good day till your world is in order. So even Anna, because even though she was raised differently and like that, we all like to have a mm -hmm. very clean our vehicle. When my vehicle is clean, I'm just driving and I'm just happy. Mm -hmm. If my vehicle is filthy, I'm driving along right. and I'm miserable. Mm -hmm. My house, my my room, it has to be organized and clean because that's what gives you that 
ah feeling and then you can get on with your day and she experienced that too so we said you know what let's just let's just get this done and we just cleaned the whole house and then she felt better about her day and could get on with her work day and I could get on with my work day but we felt good about our environment being clean where did we learn that mm -hmm. that's a legacy my mother left me but and I look at your dad like uh, your, your mom has since passed we, we lost her I was just over year. a year ago yeah, yeah. and uh, and then there's your dad and how old is your dad 84 your dad is still out doing moving jobs I know he owns a moving company he's still doing and we, we go like Don you're crazy you know but you know what I don't but think he's thing, crazy no he's not crazy and that's <laughs> the whole thing he's keeping his sanity if I'm 84 I best not be sitting on my butt exactly. I best be out there doing something exactly. because that's who I am and so we look at him and we, and we, we have a million Uncle Norman stories your dad's brother and that's Norm we called him crazy Norman because he was he wasn't crazy but far from crazy but he was very eccentric very eccentric but and the creative. thing that is is Norman worked every day of his life he had purpose to every day of his life mm -hmm. and so I look at that and whenever I feel like I want to get lazy I think of Norman I think of your dad mm -hmm. I think of my grandmother I think of those people and I go no you know I I, I have a responsibility to that heritage and so when we talk about legacy mm -hmm. and we talk about our kids it really warmed my heart to walk in today because I expected them to be just sitting there watching cartoons because I know Anna's busy and you're busy and I'm busy so let's just park them somewhere and give them something to do and I walked in and everybody had a job Emma was working with you Katie was watching Cole but what she was doing is she was teaching him how to clean up and, and, and how to unlock doors with keys. <laughs> That's important. <laughs> well, she was just teaching him all kinds of things. Right, she's teaching him and all I this stuff. And I praised her for it. I said, Katie, you are such a good babysitter. You're doing such a good job teaching right. Cole. And then she takes so much pride in it. And I mean, the whole time, we're, we're not, you know, they're, they're 10 feet away from where you're working. It's not like, you know, they're off in some other part of the house or something. But, but you know, so they were being supervised. But I looked at that and I came in here and the house was just... The energy was so positive was, and everybody was happy and, and, and nobody was annoyed. Nobody was impatient. Nobody mm -hmm. was crying. Uh, even Cole, uh, you know, he was so excited because he was doing stuff and mm -hmm. in his limited way of communicating, right. he was letting me know that he could throw something in the trash. But isn't that a reminder? And sometimes all we need to do is see the effects of that yep. atmosphere to go, oh gosh, yeah, this is really, this is important time. So every day there should be some time that is about teaching them a craft or teaching them responsibility or work ethic every day because that is what's building them as it did us. Exactly. And I look at that and I think, okay, there's a lot of things that my kids don't have to do that I had to do when I was young. But, and, and progress is, yeah, okay, they don't have to do that. Now they can do this. But the thing of it is, is they still need to learn those core values. They mm. still need to learn what they're capable of. They still need to face a challenge. They still need to learn how to problem solve. Uh, they need to understand the value of money or they'll never value money. And they'll always be irresponsible and they'll always have problems with money in life. And so there are many of those lessons that they have to learn. And, and that can be done through play. It can be done through work. It can be done just through spending time. And the reality is this is I watch my kids now and got to be so careful of what I do because they want to mimic us. And so I'm very careful. I make sure that when they get up in the morning, I'm awake already. 
You know what right. I mean? Uh, right. Like I get up in the morning and Cole wants to make coffee with me, right? Because I make coffee. coffee for Anna in the morning. And so he comes and gets a chair and he stands there and we, we him and I make coffee. So when I go get him in the morning, first thing he wants to do is make coffee. You see what I mean? So, and so it, it's stuff like that. And then if I say, okay, let's clean up. Katie is just like, Katie's like you and I are like, we're super organized, clean type people. That's cadence. You know, Emma is a little bit less so, but she's getting a lot better just because of our example as well. And, and we do that. And so I guess my point is, you know, when I think about legacy, I've thought about, okay, what would I write? What stories would I tell? And, and I think a lot of those things, I think I want to put something on paper for them, but it, I think when they read it, when they're old enough to read it, they're not going to be surprised by any of it because they will have lived that. Right. And so I think trying to give them a different experience than we had, uh, by avoiding work, avoiding responsibility, um, avoiding the concept of earning things. Uh, and that's just it. I, I'm done spending money on my kids. I, I mean, we'll buy them things, but the thing of it is, is no, I, I want to spend money doing things with them. Well, you, you see the lack of appreciation in that, in that. So you know that there is something about earning something that gives them more value. Yep. And as you get older, and yep. you're going to pass on. They're going to start growing up. Guess what they're going to do? Your legacy will be right. very strong. And then we go, you know what? My dad taught me that. My dad taught me this. My dad, my auntie, my dad, my, my dad, my dad. Yeah, yep. auntie, mommy, whatever. And uh, that's that's what's important. That is what a legacy is. Now, you don't have your own kids, but you are definitely very, very b a big part of our family. And like I say, you're in their life every day. And so that legacy that that you have built is getting passed on to them as well. It's, it's really interesting to see you, you and Anna are very alike in a lot of ways, but very different in a lot of ways. And I see the kids, uh, they have a very strong relationship with you. And it's very, it's like they've got two moms, but they're two very, very different moms and different lessons and different things they gain from each one. It's really interesting to see how they interact with you and the things that they get from you you know, and then the things they get from Anna, it's pretty cool. Well, the lesson in all this is to not take our own legacy for granted because yeah. everything we do every single day is being passed on to somebody, whether you like it or not, right. you can either leave a good legacy or a real crappy one. So, right. And if yeah. you don't have kids, there's still other people in your life. There's your friends. There's anybody know. that you can influence right. in any way. Yes. I think of the guys like, uh, you know, I just had a visit with somebody uh, the other day and this is a guy's a very godly man. And, uh, um, there's a lot of parallels between how he has lived his life and how I've lived mine. And, uh, and so there's a connection there with this guy and just little things. We had a conversation about 30 minutes long and there were probably two or three things I pulled out of that conversation that it made me think and reevaluate what I'm doing and and change what I'm doing mm -hmm. so that my life and my kids' life can be better. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're still learning and, from others too. Right, and so sure. that's the thing. Our legacy is important. Never never underestimate the power of your history, your experiences, good or bad, and the value in all those things, especially the bad things, especially in the bad things, the value of those bad things to pass on to somebody else because they could use it. Always a pleasure, Elaine. Thank you, Terry. I don't think I introduced you at the front, did I? Yeah, you did. Oh, did I? Good. Yeah, you're 61, so you don't remember So I'm forgetting, right? That was 39 <laughs> minutes ago. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I'll be back in a couple days with another episode of Good Lad Unscripted, the podcast.